This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story. Impeachment hearing slated to go public next week with Ukraine charge d'affaires. I thought the guy was the ambassador to Ukraine, but he wasn't. Bill Taylor, widely touted, of course, as the most upstanding diplomat on the face of the earth. You might remember his testimony from, well, I guess you wouldn't remember it unless you read the dozens and dozens of pages of testimony that they're dribbling out to the public that is getting sifted through and soundbited by CNN and that crowd. Fortunately, we have our own sifters and soundbiters, and Dean tweeted this little excerpt from the transcript, which just cracks me up. This is... This is a quote, and this isn't firsthand. It's not secondhand. It's not thirdhand, Rep. Lee Zeldin, Republican from New York, said to Taylor. I guess it's not a direct quote. It's quote from the transcript, but it's not like verbatim. But if I understand this correctly, you're telling us that Tim Morrison told you that Ambassador Sondland told him that the president told Ambassador Sondland that Zelensky would have to open an investigation into Biden. That's correct, Taylor admitted. So do you have any other source that the president's goal in making this request was anything other than the New York Times? Zeldin asked. I have not talked to the president, Taylor said. I have no other information from what the president was thinking. So this is the blockbuster who's going to open the impeachment hearings publicly next week. So he also is getting his facts from the news media, just like Yanovich. Yovanovich, the Yovanovich, yeah. yeah. And as we mentioned before, the Mueller report is riddled with that, riddled with it. Read the footnotes of the Mueller report. They're more interesting than the report itself. So these deep state actors have been going behind closed doors <laughs> and have been repeating stories <laughs> from the media as their testimony. So, and then they're getting quoted. And then they're going to repeat it again in a public forum for this circus, this show that they're doing to try and – they had the auditions. They're seeing who's going to get the best. They're going to select the best moments that they got. They got to see a live version, and they're going to put this live version of this stage play uh, on television. And I'm interested to see how closely the parts that they do select to put match – the script from behind the scenes. What do you mean? I just, I'm wondering if they're going to do a verbatim script. Like they got, the Oh, script like it was an audition. And they're going to say, these are the parts of the script we're going to do live. Mm-hmm. And if it's the exact same or how different, how I'm sure they'll tweak it a little bit for effect. They'll choose words mm-hmm. that have the biggest impact, but yeah, maybe they were vetting this stuff. Vetting that's what the I think they were so doing. Like, that's not something they're going to say because that's not going to stand up under any kind of questioning. Right. I think this has whole, totally been a vetting process and they've been selecting which one of the whistleblow, which one of the testimonies they're going to put. Yeah. This is the guy who's going to make the most emotional impact on the audience. And that's what mm-hmm. this is all about. It's all about uh, putting Bill Taylor, the star witness and others out to, to, to just make a big PR push and, it's funny because I've been getting emails every single day and videos every day from Indivisible saying, we need you to go ahead. First of all, they're updating us on the the impeachment hearings, and then they're saying, we need to go, get you to go ahead and sign up for their massive nationwide impeachment eve event where they were all take to the streets <laughs> and demand that this monster get removed from office. Now, they don't even have a date yet. 
So these are just, they call them indivisibles. They say, indivisibles, be on alert. They're just on-call activists now waiting for this shit show. Pardon my language. Yeah, that's what this guy, the lawyer for the whistleblower, was. He said he would put in his tweets the resistance. When you're ready, I'm going to read you a tweet from this guy. Yeah, go ahead. The whistleblower. Oh, the whistleblower lawyer, I thought from the beginning, was going to be the story. And there's two of them. One is Bakaj, who they someone accused Adam Schiff of telling the whistleblower. The whistleblower came forward before he filed a report and talked to Adam Schiff. This is a rumor that's addressed like in the New York Times. Yeah. It's surfaced. And this guy, Mark Zaid, has actually addressed it as well. But that Schiff told whistleblower to get a lawyer and file the report, supposedly. And that he did get the lawyer, this Bakaj guy, this NSA insider I've talked about before. And this guy, Mark Zaid, is a nonprofit whistleblower aid attorney. But he's a, so he came out and said Schiff did not tell him to get uh, Bakaj. That was just a normal course of events. He's the guy you would have gotten. But Zaid himself was in the news for having put a tweet out there that many tweets and this one from 2017 said uh that the it says the coup he said uh, in he said a few things the coup has started impeachment will follow ultimately he said this in january 2017 so this is one of the whistleblower's lawyers then in july 2017 he said he i think he tweeted quote i at CNN, yeah, so it's a tweet, will play a key role in at real Donald Trump not finishing out his full term as president. Later that month, Zayd retweeted or tweeted, we will get rid of him and this country is strong enough to survive even him and his supporters. So this is the guy who is the partner of the lawyer that it's possible, I mean, certainly the accusation was made one way or directly or directly that Adam Schiff told the whistleblower to file the report, file the report and get this uh, one of these two lawyers to represent him. When was so that tweet what, again? What, these were 2017, July and January 2017. So I'm just saying the upshot is that the whistleblower may have been egged on by partisans inside and outside the government with a deep state history. Let me just tell you one quick thing about Mark Zaid. I found he was he won in an international prosecution. I don't even think a real defense was mounted uh, against Libya on the Pan Am 103 flight hijacking or blowing up. Even Time magazine speculated or entertained the accusation that that was an inside job. And that caused a lot of problems with Libya that I don't think Libya did that Pan Am 103. So this guy got won that case, which means he knows how bad stuff gets. I mean, that's that would mean he really understands what the CIA is up to. Yeah. Real deep state. Real deep state. The Not whistleblower also. The whistleblower, the alleged whistleblower, whose name has been out there for at least a week. <laughs> at least a week ago, I heard it. And yeah. he also has some... He's has some past controversy where he was, quote, attacked by Trump supporters in the past for doing for being the leaker. He was accused of being the leaker. I can't remember the specific instance, but in 2017, I believe. And he says he quit his job or they allege that he quit his job at the NSA. Maybe or one one the, of the well this the one of the agencies. supposedly from the CIA. Well, he also worked at another place right, before okay. the CIA, mm-hmm. and he quit yeah. that job. Allegedly, I don't think it was the NSA, but he quit whichever one it was because of getting attacked by Trump trolls online. 
is what they say. <laughs> he would quit his job because just get offline. Right. Why and then go work for the CIA. All? Why go work Who for the CIA if you're going to do that? Like this whole whistleblower thing, it is baffling to me because we talked Ooh. about yesterday that if his name were out there, he would be a lot safer than it not being out there. But I guess they would have to confront the fact that he worked underneath Biden. He worked – he yes, was the Ukrainian is. expert while this was going on. And this yep. was what brings Rand Paul into the news who – there was something trending the other day on Twitter. It was a top trend, and it was hashtag Red Paul because progressives <laughs> he's were Russian. calling him Russian, I guess, because he <laughs> wants the whistleblower's name to be said by the media. He's telling them to do their job, and yesterday yeah. he blocked the Senate push to um, protect the whistleblower. And during an interview, he was talking about why he did that. And the reason he did that is because he laid out the whistleblower was working with Biden while this was going on. He was he worked closely with Biden. He's an mm -hmm. expert on Ukraine or whatever. And he is a expert witness into the Biden corruption. And he mm -hmm. needs to be he needs to testify mm -hmm. for the Biden oh, yes. corruption. I heard Rand say that. Yeah. And he's exactly right about that. And I, I was thinking oh, about that. This is so interesting. I wonder if this further confuses or causes for recusal that this guy would testify in a corruption investigation against Biden. You know what I mean? This him being the whistleblower might neutralize him with respect to being a witness against Biden. He has to recuse himself because well, of the I, whistleblower. Don't, I know you can't I, I know mean, you that, can't they recuse can make that yourself argue, yeah. as a witness. I'm not saying you can recuse yourself as a witness, but he could be discredited as a witness. Right. In the Biden investigation, if they put him up and said, you know, or he could take the fifth and say I, whatever. I like yeah. I really don't know. But yeah. I'm just saying it's kind of a coincidence that he might be a material witness in the corruption at issue in this case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he plays two roles in the same case. That's weird. To right. Me. I, that's very weird. It's almost like you don't want him to testify, kind of like you're saying it. I was thinking about that, and there's a lot of questions like, what did he know? And Rand brought some of this up, too. What did he know about what was going on? And what did he know about – has he communicated with Biden prior to being the whistleblower? Did Biden instruct this whistleblower to interfere in the 2020 election by attacking his political opponent? Does this sound like a familiar <laughs> theme? Oh, that's funny. Well, he did talk to Schiff before he did his IG yeah. report. Did he talk to Biden? And he and these are his lawyers who are clearly partisan. Okay, interesting. That's so. That's what to look out for, and that he should definitely have his. He should his his name is out there, but he should be interviewed just as the Biden should. And the Republicans are considering whether or not to call the Bidens as a witness when this uh, whole I'm, charade goes on. I'm absolutely. I'm not ready to say whistleblowers should be outed. I I'm not saying all the whistleblowers should be outed. I'm saying that this guy's name is already out I there and he should the be argument. a witness. I can see the ambiguity yeah. in this in this argument. So I want to give an update on the case of the Mormons being killed in Mexico. A couple of things came to my attention. One thing that outraged me was that Tom Cotton, a senator from Arkansas, said yesterday, I think I have the quote written down, he said, if Mexico can't protect American citizens in Mexico, we may have to take matters into our own hands. 
And then he goes on to say how the special operations forces took out Osama bin Laden. They took out al-Baghdadi. And this kind of stuff is happening just across the border in Mexico. It wouldn't take long for them to get in and out. That kind of thing. And first of all, I would say these – last I heard of this family te- uh, being interviewed, they said that they were dual citizens of America and Mexico. And I will just I, – I, there's a lot of things wrong with the, what Cotton's saying there. But one thing is if if America says that they will go into other countries to enforce laws on behalf of their citizens who are traveling abroad – other countries should not allow Americans to travel into their country because it it is a risk to their sovereignty. So there's a real problem with that, and and the I have a huge problem with the the. I actually found all the contradictions Tom Cotton himself brings out, which are the the contradictions inherent in this, which is. So that's a total violation of the sovereignty of another country. To go in there, our people don't need to go there. You travel at your own risk, which is why we have travel advisories sometimes. So he is saying we should violate their sovereignty. He also is in favor of violating the sovereignty of Syria by continuing these operations there. He's a total Republican hawk. Then, but when the the interest is reversed, he claims sovereignty like for immigration he made a very strongly worded statement in defense of trump's national emergency declaration he's saying this isn't a constitutional crisis it's a crisis of american sovereignty that was the quote so he cares about the the immigrants coming over our border right there in the same exact place he's talking about us infiltrating another country is a question of sovereignty and but only in his direction. And the other time, I looked this up because I knew that he would have been on the other side of this too. Obama put up this phrase, territorial integrity, that Russia went into Crimea, had almost a unanimous vote to join Russia over Ukraine. Crimea did, almost unanimous. Probably everybody works at the base there, I don't know. But they decided to go. And and Obama said... That's a violation of the territorial integrity of Ukraine, which which is a contradiction of somebody's right to self-governance. Secession is a right or your ability to govern yourself is a right. And, then, and so the Kurds are saying in Syria that they want the right to govern themselves. And I, a, a news story just came out about that. I'll tell you in a second. So Tom Cotton said, yes, there's – we – it's he compared Putin to Hitler by saying that we that he like invaded Crimea and that it was a violation, even if it was quote uncontested arrival, which it may or may not be. Tom Cotton said, We still need to help Ukraine defend their territorial integrity. So there either is sovereignty. Like territorial Poland? integrity. Is he talking about like when Hitler invaded Poland? I, he said some. I, I I didn't understand his reference. Actually, I didn't understand it. I'd have to look into it. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's the idea. And actually, you could make that argument because he was saying that he was Hitler was saying he was just taking back German speaking places that were being oppressed in Poland, for example. If that's what you're thinking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, it's a horrible. Of course, that's always a horrible example. But so, is there sovereignty or is there not sovereignty? Is there the right to self determination or is there not? Is there in territorial integrity or is there not? Don't go to other countries. 
If you, I mean, you cannot be a dual citizen of Mexico and America and expect the special forces to invade the country. And who knows what these people were up to? They had loss of life last year with drug cartels. We don't know what those people are up to. Yeah. So he is saying all this stuff. Uh, and, and, and I'm thinking of another thing is this Operation Fast and Furious, which ties into the Cheryl Atkinson story. She was the one who broke the Operation Fast and Furious, was the U.S. government sending draw, uh, guns and money into Mexico to affect their elections over there. That's what that was all about, according to a really great body of investigative work. I was reading it on The Truth About Guns. Farago was one of the author's names. And so now we have a guy in there in Mexico who we clearly don't want. There is stuff going on there right now with lawmakers and Supreme Court and stuff leading towards the legalization of marijuana and end to the drug war in Mexico. I think that's what's triggering all this stuff right now. Yeah. To try so, and stop that. Like we would, yes, we I think want we want to right? stop that. Yeah. And they're saying the black market is what creates all the violence. And if we can just stop the black market for drugs, we, the drug war will end. And I think they are correct. Yeah. And then there were a couple of things that those stories tied into. One is this Syrian thing. So we, we moved our troops around. I don't think we took anybody out of there. And Trump said, like, just as an aside, we're going to stay there and protect our oil <laughs> or the oil, the oil, like it's a worldwide resource and Everybody's we get to decide. <laughs> yeah. So, and I just read today they're taking the money from the oil revenue and giving it to the YPG, the, Kur the Kurds, SDF, Syrian Defense Force. But the Syrian Kurds and Turkey claim that YPG is a terrorist organization, that it's just the Syrian body of the PKK, which I believe is worldly, worldwide recognized as a terrorist organization of Kurds. So some of the Kurds are, are deemed terrorists. And some of them that the Syrian Kurds and the Turkish say are terrorists are who is getting the money that's being generated from the oil fields that we are there to protect. And uh, and just as an update on that stuff, Erdogan's coming next week here. At the same time, some lawmakers are trying to get the head of that YPG to come to Washington, D.C. too. And he's like, this is a terrorist. That's not okay. And we recently uh, censured Turkey historically for what's called the Armenian Genocide. Now, what does a censure mean? Censure, like slapped their hand, like denounced them. Okay. And we've been, the Armenians have been rallying for that for decades, and we would never do it because we don't want to piss off Turkey. So it's very significant that they finally, like, officially recognize the Armenian thing. And Turkey was, uh, Erdogan was annoyed with that, and he was thinking of not coming because of that. And he, all, but he is going to come supposedly still next Wednesday. I to think. the White but House? He said, yes. And he said that both the U.S. and Russia failed to clear that buffer zone of turds. Of <laughs> They failed to clear it. <laughs> of turds. It's always challenging. Of, of curds. <laughs> they didn't have any plastic bags with them. <laughs> Given how much dog poop I pick up, that could be what I'm thinking. A Freudian slip there. Yes, yes. So anyway, he said that they failed to do it. So this is so all that stuff about we got the ceasefire. We we took five days. Russia took five days. We it, it, Erdogan is saying it's not done. And then That's a lot of turds. A lot. <laughs> and then the last thing is that that so Atkinson was Cheryl Atkinson who brought out 
this uh, Operation Fast and Furious story way back when, which was both the Republicans and the Democrats were completely implicated in getting guns and money to make the drug war worse in Mexico in order to affect the presidential election there. And she kind of lost her job. I just read that Amy Robach, the one who was caught by Project Veritas. Jeffrey Epstein. She she was at ABC. ABC. I think it was ABC, wasn't it? Do you remember? Uh, uh, I think it was because the article I read today said someone who works at CBS was a former staffer for Robach at ABC and had access to those tapes and that ABC alerted CBS to that person and got that person fired in, in real time now. So talk about collusion, like talk about buttoning up the media. They really threatened that whistleblower. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's the free press, right? I mean, and then there was, there's a funny little clip going around of John Carson in 1984, telling people that the Buckingham Palace is looking for young girls or young women, and that if you want to send a picture of your favorite nymphette to Prince Andrew, he's <laughs> uh, he's taking applications. That's hilarious. And then I looked it up, and evidently his name was Randy Andy Playboy Prince, not pedophile Prince, but Playboy. Randy and he was going Andy? out with a, yes, he was going out with a porn star back then. Randy and, Andy. Uh, yeah, something like that. So anyway, that's the latest on that little story. But I figured people would start getting Atkinsoned. I have to. I have you were to, right I, about that. You called that I, yesterday. I verbized that. That made me that in my glossary. Something you said about the Ukraine, uh, Russia invading Ukraine, Hitler invading Poland. That that made me think about how the actual like conflict, the physical war between Ukraine and Russia has come to the surface. It is being talked about more and shown more to the American public. And I mean, it's definitely, definitely something they're making a point of doing, of, it, quote, informing or educating, as Edward Bernays would say, the American public about the physical war going on between Russia and Ukraine, which tells me that this is, again, leading to a world war or a war of yeah. some sorts it's really fell out of the news it was it was i used to see news about that every day a few years ago and i just kind of figured it went away because you weren't hearing that and yeah. they took that plane down mh17 which i'm pretty sure ukraine took down but they blamed putin for that yeah so that's some interesting tech news today oh yeah good yeah change the Hackers. subject this this po- world politics thing is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this might not be less depressing, although it could oh, be no. helpful, though. Okay, okay. Because hackers can now use some uh, studies at – some researchers at the University of Michigan discovered that they could hack your Amazon Echo and Google Home using a laser pointer. Because the inf- the infrared or the light, an infrared light, they can do it from even further away. But just a basic laser pointer from about 300 feet away through a window, if they can see your smart device, specifically the Amazon Echo and the Google Home in this case, they could activate it because they could communicate with the device with the light the way that we communicate with sound. So you, will, you can talk wow. to it with the light and you won't hear it. And then you can also – the hackers can attempt to put it in silent mode – so that you don't hear it responding to you. So all so you, you don't would realize see, it's on. Yeah, all you would see is a blue like laser pointer trying trying to uh, hit 
trying to hit the microphone with it in order to do that. And yeah, so from 300 feet away with, uh, through a window, I think the takeaway here is don't put your smart devices in sight through your window outside because then they could be hacked and people could, you know, there's a million ways to hack these things, but that's a new one. That's definitely a new one because we can all go get laser pointers, you know. We can all go yeah. sit around tr- trying to. I don't think I could figure out how to hack it, even if I had. A it's laser pretty pointer. interesting the way the article describes it. Yeah. Another interesting tech story, which this one I find more funny and stupid, but there's been uh, there's a new movie coming out. There's a couple angles to this movie. It's a Vietnam movie that I think is about features the. The war dogs, the dogs that you know how the hero dog. Oh yeah, this, like Max. Yeah, Max is a movie my son loves. And war dog. they have cast not the lead in this, but after searching long and hard, going through a lot of actors, and I've done this process. I've been on four or five auditions, had it narrowed down to me and one other person. And there's a long process. They go to search for the right actor. They have decided who to cast as not the lead, but the second lead, and that actor is James Dean. Reborn through CGI. No way. I'm just imagining the actor that was put on right of first refusal because this is how it works. This happened to me before. You go through all these auditions. You audition with a director, and you feel like you got it. This happened to me with a a Vince Vaughn movie. I auditioned with a director. Wow, And it's like the fifth audition, and I I killed the audition. I killed it. My agent at the time believed that I had it. They said, like, you had it. And, and like – not a good thing to tell an actor who doesn't have much money because it's a potential for a lot of money that might just get ripped away. You know, you start going Absolutely, shopping. Yeah. I would go shopping, have to oh, take shit yeah. back after you yeah. don't get it. Buy yourself but, some food, get a, right. get a Popeye sandwich. Yeah. So I, it turns out I did not, I ended up not getting it when I thought another act, it's usually narrowed down to two and they, they yeah. do it based on whatever. And in this case, they didn't choose me, they chose BJ Novak, one of the producers and stars of The Office. And because a lot of the scenes, the scenes were with Vince Which one Vaughn. is that? Do I? Which person is that, BJ Nova? He's a short little intern guy who is dating Mandy Kalin in, in the show. Okay. He's also been in yep. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. But what I was kind of shocked when I saw that because I figured it was another unknown person. That, yeah. But I'm like, this is the guy? I would have done it for a lot less. So I'm just imagining the only thing <laughs> yes. worse than that feeling for me would have been <laughs> if they cast a CGI version of James Dean. I can imagine how just destroyed the people who almost got this role are. And Well, bun- maybe it was just a it was just a CGI version of Marlon Brando. Possibly. A bunch of <laughs> actors have been coming or out. A like a sex robot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're getting multiple jobs. Actors now, <laughs> actresses. Uh, the guy who played Captain America, Chris Evans, he's blasting a bunch of other actors saying this shouldn't be a thing. Because now what we're seeing is technology taking rich people's jobs. Yes. As well as. Don't, yes. You know, like reality shows was taking the jobs of like two bit actors getting into something like a sitcom. Yeah. I, I remember actors complaining about that when I lived in L.A. because that was like the reality shows were taking all their jobs away. They're like, nobody's getting paid. But eventually you get, get paid for that stuff. Yeah. But uh, there's no writers. Oh, that's what they were saying there. No The writers, writers strike there yeah. was for a while. So, but the – oh, yeah. So, but who – I mean, how much is James Dean getting paid for? He didn't have any descendants, I don't think. Well, he, he does have, have some family that yeah. uh, the money's probably going to go to and stay, I mean, and they agreed to it. I, I think it's funny also that James Dean is going to be the second lead – He's not. He's going to be supporting. <laughs> I mean, role. if you can get James, you bring Dean. him back from the dead. He's he's playing supporting role. <laughs> he's like, man, I can't. So he's disappointed. So this will be his so fourth. The CGI yeah, even, he's, even the dead guy's disappointed. Yeah. 
I didn't see Chris Evans' Captain America, though, coming out and making such passionate statements when robots yeah. started taking people's jobs at McDonald's or wherever. Yeah. But now that they have a say in it, and Andrew well, Yang... Yeah. Andrew Yang's talked a lot about automation, like robots and stuff, like taking over people's jobs. So, Any one of these guys who says anything about tipping being bad, tipping being racist, tipping being elitist, like that people should get, waitresses should get $15 an hour instead of 15% of everything they sell, is like, I know they're full of it. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised. There are a lot of Hollywood people, like, I think AOC was like, it's racist. It's like, not racist it's not sexist right it's how you can make it's a great way to like, make money construction worker money right if you're a people just, person you make and a not killing. be strong yeah it's a killing i mean i used to make more than 15 dollars an hour like a century ago when i was a waitress if you're good at being a waiter or waitress I you can make so a good. lot of people money. would offer me jobs like come yeah. work at my firm yeah because you're just such a good salesperson yeah i was great at it so we have some climate news as well some more, oh um, yay not depressing or maybe climate depressing news. news. But no, it's people are psychosis inducing. Psychosis, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Italy has become the first country to make studying climate change in public schools compulsory. And, oh, yeah. like evolution? Are we going to have a? Uh, are we going to have a? Is it Brown v. Board of Education moment? They're making it the central focus of their entire education program. And, and denial will be a crime, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, targeting children Eventually, with this climate movement. Yeah. This is really the ultimate targeting uh, definitely, children right. with yeah, the climate yeah. movement. And they're saying starting next school year, the schools will be required to dedicate 33 hours per year, almost one hour per school week, to discussing the challenges of climate change. That's and, sick. Yeah, I know. And they're, they're not just doing it directly either. They are – they're using a method where they're going to do it, be doing sustainability lessons will be worked into several traditional subjects, including geography, math, That's and physics. Cronyism. Like about. Yeah, the sustainable stuff is high dollar stuff. The New Green Deal is about spending big money. Yeah, don't be fooled. Well, I have something to say about all that. Okay, say something. I got a couple of quotes I'm going to read in a second from him, but go ahead. All right, I just feel like there's this there's this tier. I always felt like there's this tiering t i e r of Propaganda. We all know that we've actually found Bernays quotes and stuff about that. But even just instinctively, I always noticed that there was high level propaganda that was more sophisticated and had more limited hangouts in it. And then there's the real visceral stuff for for the least uh, discriminating consumer of media. Absolutely. But now, yeah. That, so, that's what this curriculum I, is. What you're saying is it starts emotional-based young. They describe it. Then it gets after it's already embedded in them. Then they give them statistical stuff as they get through middle school and high school. And, they, and that is also this target, this demo, also lends itself to – and as an example, the, this other thing I've noticed is that there's tiering of – so that my mother and that generation, whatever, anybody older than I am basically, let's say – Still watches Fox News, gets their gets their news from like TV production, timed, whatever. And it's preposterous to me. And anybody like people in our generation from like me to you, which is I guess we're two different generations, but like that middle chunk. uh, I think I'm Gen Z. Or my Gen X. I don't know. You're a millennial, right? Yeah, I'm on the edge of the millennial. All right. I'm a baby buster. (laughs) So, so us, we were here for 
when the internet was the limited hangout. So we were there for them to like get us to sign on to telling everybody all our stuff and and really opening our eyes to like how the world really works, all the information. So before the sur- the surveillance was obvious and before the censorship came down, we were there. So our entire generation, this middle generation, understands conspiracy theories and all that. Like they can, they've seen the proof. They know, they know the answers. They, I remember the Time Magazine article, which I Googled that said that Pan Am 103 had some seriously suspicious CIA fingerprints all over it. Like it's in, and I know how to find it. But my kids' generation and underneath them, so let's say elementary school, reaching up into high school, although high school, that that grade is a little bit they still kind of remember they are the post parkland purge so they they can't if they wanted to know a conspiracy theory it's all bullshit now yeah it's all like anyone that you look for there's no real ones there's no real video of like all the people at the ariana grande concert saying what is that who's that guy that guy looks like a cop or what i don't know what happened there but i'm just saying there should have been 20,000 little videos of that what happened at Ariana Grande, and there was, like, none. What happened? Oh, years ago, a couple of years ago in London. Remember that concert where there was, like, a bomb at the Ariana Grande concert in London? I don't there remember. There was. Well, it was... Yeah. I it believe was, you, but yeah. <laughs> it was in England, so maybe we weren't hearing about it as much here. But, I mean, whatever. Take any example you want of they, they, there should be all those videos, and there aren't, right? So they're actually... They're trying to real-time suppress that uploading yeah right so i'm just saying they are pulling back the internet right i've I noticed that like limited hangouts over and and what they do what i believe they are doing and do is that they just let the old generation age out mm-hmm. just age out you yeah. know and then that's it so this generation is the one that's being targeted for climate terror yeah you know, being terrorized about the climate and yeah. they don't care what we think. And there's nothing we can say to those kids yeah. because they have Greta saying, you people only care about money. You sickos. We can't listen to you. Don't listen to your parents. Yep. It, it's like, it's That'll like, be part of the curriculum, I it's like a mouth thing. Don't listen to your parents. Let's talk about, this is going to be a big Q and a, let's talk about reasons your parents might not be able to accept climate truth. Let's talk about that. Right, why you're pay- why you can't listen to your parents on this subject? Yeah, and they, they but they know. but they're not going to say that. They're going to make it a dialectical. They're going to make it a Socratic thing, and they're just yeah. gonna, we just ask the question: mm-hmm. Do you think your parents are sufficiently alarmed about climate, and why? And not? they'll repeat what Greta <laughs> says because they'll play Greta's videos right. in the curriculum. Yes. The- well, they'll just say, "Why don't you spend an hour on YouTube trying to do some research?" You know, do get on the internet and do yeah, research on yeah. climate change, and do some vaccination research. While yeah, you're yeah. At it on the internet. Yeah. The lawmaker who presented this law over there said that the entire ministry is being changed to make sustainability and climate change the center of the education model. I want to make the Italian education system the first education system that puts the environment and society at the core of everything we learn. The 21st citizen must be a sustainable 21st citizen. 21st century citizen. Yes, must 21st be a... century citizen. Not the 21st, yeah. 21st century citizen. <laughs> 21st citizen. Must be a sustainable <laughs> citizen. And by the time yeah. they reach high school, after getting the emotional aspect of it embedded into them, they will delve into the United Nations 2030 Agenda for Sustainable, sustainable Development curriculum. You know, 
You know what sustainable would be without any massive infrastructure investment? Because that's what this is. Sustainable is centralized control. That's what it is. It's getting you off the land into cities where you can never grow a potato. They're just making sure. Oh, I had such a fantastic insight. Can we go a little long? Yeah. I have to give you this insight. So if you read this. Oh, so, but I'm just saying the sustainable would be free market. Stop using armies to subsidize oil extraction and infrastructure and roads and all of that. So don't have depressed interest rates that get people to tear down houses and build new ones. Sustainable is market forces reach sustainability. It's because we subsidize consumption that we need central control of sustainability. Anyway, that's why I think they get that argument. But Prouty who some people thought was deep I don't know. He wrote books about, he wrote one book uh, about how once Magellan circumnavigated the globe, the empires, the mercantilist empires knew how big the maximum market would be. So they then set about to conquer the world. And then we had a lot of wars like my brother was stationed in Thailand during Vietnam. My father went to South Pacific Islands during World War II. And all the places they went that they saw unspoiled, my father's like, these chicks were shirtless. It was nuts. Like he was shocked as an 18-year-old. My brother was like in the rice paddies visiting the parents of his girlfriend. And all those places are completely transformed now. They're just factories and and consumers. So the whole entire world has basically or is soon to be totally conquered by in and created into factory producers and consumers that's it the next step in my opinion is what do you do then then you have to suppress like what's the next step for cronyistic advancement or whatever the next step is to suppress competition by making sure that people, regular upstarts, regular individuals, entrepreneurs, cannot bring product to the market without being overburdened by regulations. stuff, can't really compete with you, like the way Rockefeller said, competition is a sin. Not only can they not compete with you in the marketplace, they can't even compete with you as they're consuming what they themselves produce. Like, take them off the land and everything. So, like, I think the next stage is first they opened up the entire market of the world and now they need to completely control that market. And that's where the sustainability stuff that drives people away from the land into the cities. One of, maybe there are many reasons, just simple control. But if you want to look at it from a purely venal, purely profit-motivated, cynical way, that could explain it. And uh, and I feel like that's what sustainability, whereas decentralized control would result in prosperity for everybody, decentralized wealth, and you wouldn't need any of this. And it's totally sustainable. Yeah. And this stuff is not going to stay just like Greta. It's not going to stay in another country. It's going to make its way to America as it already kind of has. There are multiple climate change bills that have been presented in Congress, like the Climate Change Education Act, for one. And I've seen a lot of articles this week about how they're pushing for this type of curriculum in California, obviously, where they always start this stuff. And in Florida, there's a lot of articles about how it's going to damn it's dangerous because it's dangerous the way that they talk about climate change in Florida because the adults the teachers don't know enough about it and they're going to give information so I, I'm looking to see that there's eventually the going to be children educated yeah, it's going to yeah. be children Greta's going to come in and she's going to be leading school sessions in Florida and on one more quick climate change note 
more than 11,000 scientists this week officially declared a climate emergency, saying that there's going to be untold suffering, a trajectory that is, if we don't do something now, we won't be able to stop. It is unequivocally clear that planet Earth is facing a climate emergency which threatens every part of our ecosystem. So they joined together 11,000 scientists to declare this, to sign the statement. So I guess that that means that the other 4 million scientists in the world don't agree with them. They say 11,000 signed to make it sound like so many. There's almost 5 million scientists in the world. Yes. And they also talk about how the scientists that signed on were like from multiple disciplines like marine biology. Well, that's what's so funny is that a lot of those scientists are completely irrelevant. Right. It's a crop. It's have crop. no better knowledge than we do. It's such the Bernaysian thing. Like right. give him a white coat and then he I'm can say scientist. anything he wants yeah. about anything. I'm an actor. I'll tell you who to vote for. An actor scientist also signed the climate change. <laughs> You've been listening to your Drive Time News Blast, which you can find every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with a Propaganda Report podcast feed. Have a drink. Have a smoke if you like. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. time to relax.